What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shooting the Shit. It'll just be me, Sean Gregoire, and we have Pat Hardy here. What's going on, buddy? Man, you know, just uh, get getting to enjoy the weekend after a week of full-blown adulting. Um, not much sports going on in my life outside of the personal sports and the football getting ramped up in Arizona. Um, you know, I got my got my cam on today. Wish I would have got this about a month later. Would have had the captain patch on it, but you know, other than that, I'm ready to go. Awesome, yeah. Uh, I've been pretty busy lately as well. Got a lot on my plate, but it does not stop us from shooting shit. And we're going to do that today. And we're going to start with the NBA playoffs. It's a shame you have been watching a ton of it, but we're just going to go series by series. And we'll start with the games last night. Uh, it looks like Giannis is up out of here. Uh, <laughs> Miami's up 3-0 on the Heat. Wow, Miami's up 3-0 on the Bucks. Giannis does not look like himself. I'm very ready to fire Bud. Uh, I just want to see what your impressions are on that series overall. If if you've either even watched any highlights of it, what's your impression of the yeah. series has been for that? So, so, yeah, I catch the highlights. You know, I try to get my fan on. Um I'm I've always been a huge Jimmy Butler fan since uh the whole debacle in Minnesota. Uh since that time I've always classified Jimmy Butler as having the heart of Kobe Bryant with the game of a Jimmy Butler. Um I think he has that raw competitiveness that you just can't deny you root for. I mean, if you love Michael Jordan and his assholeist ways, then you're obviously a Jimmy Butler fan as well. So you just kind of look at what he's helped Miami rise to. Um, and and you, for me personally, uh, I've never been a huge Giannis. Let me not say that I haven't been a huge Giannis fan. I've never been ready to crown Giannis the best of the game, right? Um, obviously, KD is healthy. KD is still here. LeBron is still here. Uh, Kawhi is here. So I've never been ready to, to give Giannis the league. So I'm I'm coming away with this more impressed with what Jimmy Butler has the heat doing than I am of Giannis choking or failing. With that being said, this is what he ran into when he in the playoffs last year. And uh, you know, hopefully he gets it figured out so he can rise to that superstar potential that everyone's trying to shove him into that he's kind of earned himself by playing the way he has up until the playoffs. Um, I don't think anybody saw a sweep. Um, but if, uh, if anybody's going to get Giannis the fuck out of here in four, it's going to be Jimmy. Jimmy Kobe and, and the Butler. boys. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, go ahead and clue me in. Cause like I said, I haven't watched not one shred of NBA basketball this week. So go ahead and, and break that shit down for us. Uh, it's okay, man. I, I appreciate the honesty. So last night, I want to say um, Milwaukee was actually up by 12 going into the fourth quarter. And Milwaukee broke down and lost the fourth quarter by 27 points. It was an absolute demolition, just a breakdown on all levels. And it seems like Miami's kind of taking their heart to a, a big degree. And now Giannis is questionable for tomorrow with an ankle sprain. Uh, which takes me to my next subject and my main issue with the Bucks, and it's their coaching. So you said that 
last year when they ran to Toronto, they built the wall. Uh, they basically barred Giannis from getting to the paint, and they basically had zero adjustments. Guess what Miami's doing? Just take a wild guess of the strategy Miami's doing. No, no solutions. And that goes right into the coaching. Guess how many minutes Giannis played when their season was on the line? 34 and a half. 34 and a half minutes. I was ready to fire Bud on the spot yesterday. And the the fact that his se- the season's on the line, this, lead, this, this Milwaukee lead is going from 12 to 8 to 6 to 4. And Giannis is still hanging out on the bench as he's played 28 minutes up to that point. It, 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 was, it was coaching malpractice. He did this last year. He did it while he was in Atlanta. And I think teams with Bud have a hard ceiling, and that hard ceiling is going to cause Giannis to leave. I, I don't blame him at all, especially when you had a chance to have Brogdon at a, at a reasonable deal, but you didn't want to pay the luxury tax, so you let him go to basically an Eastern Conference team who's going to be on the rise pending Oladipo's health and whether Miles Turner can figure it out. And now you have the limitations of that roster in full view like for the whole world to see against a team that is not going to let up on nothing. You, They should not have let Miami smell blood. Ha- it, Miami has a team full of dogs. And I hate getting in the history on like that, but Miami has a team of dogs, just rabid wolves who don't care Jimmy was just as happy in game three. He had 37 to six, just like played his ass off as he was in game two when he had 10 points because they won. He does not care. And Miami's whole team is like that. It's a whole whole bunch of super competitive assholes made in Jimmy Butler's image. And they're on the verge of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So uh, I'm really I'm thrilled for Jimmy, especially since people a lot of people thought that when Jimmy went to Miami, uh, he was doing it not to be competitive, which, come on, it's Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think I think Miami's even ahead of schedule because the, the goal was to have Jimmy for a couple of years, get himself ingratiated with the culture, and then have the free agent play in 2021 when Giannis was on the market. And that's when they'll contend. But, you know, Jimmy, like, like Bam's ahead of schedule, Harold's ahead of schedule, Gone still is still really good. So here they are. Uh, on the verge of going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome, I think. But I feel awful for Giannis because he's getting the brunt of everything in social media, and I really think that it's more the coach and the GM and the owner than it is for him. But uh, what can you do? Uh, I, so we, we'll, I'm glad you brought up? that up too regarding coach GM, um, because on the other side of uh, Bud. You have who I believe may be one of the most underappreciated. I don't want to say underrated, but underappreciated coaches in the league. And Eric Spoelstra. Oh, remember, remember how much um, credit he wasn't getting when he had the heels, and everyone overlooked everyone. Well, people still do. They always overlook Eric Spoelstra and say, "Well, Pat Riley knows how to put the team together, and Pat Riley's competitive. He's going to figure it out." Spolster is one of the most tenured coaches in the league right now. Yeah. And that's not by accident. That's not just because Pat Riley can go over his head and do 
what he wants to do. Pat Riley trusts Eric Spoelstra, and Eric Spoelstra, Eric Spoelstra is a brilliant basketball coach, just by all accounts of you know what he's gotten the team to do and where they're at right now. So um, I love giving people their flowers. Um, Eric Spoelstra, here's yours. Uh, LeBron needed you more than you needed LeBron. Yeah, he, he's been wonderful. Like, Spo has coached circles around Bud, as I knew he would, but I didn't think that Bud would make zero adjustments when he had an entire year to prepare for his exact situation. So it's uh, it's actually pretty despicable on his part. Like, I, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot express my disgust enough at that man. Like, even more than Giannis, because it, the whole strategy is, all right, Giannis, here, here you are at the top of the key. Do some shit. Good luck. There's four motherfuckers forming the wall because they don't respect Milwaukee shoes like that. Like, it's unbelievable. But anyway, let's let's go to the other game last night. Lakers Rockets, uh, a much more interesting series. Uh, the, the Rockets uh, put away the Lakers pretty handily last night. Uh, they the Rockets did not go big because they don't have a, a choice. Uh, so PJ Tucker was on Brown. Eric Gorn was gone. LeBron and they made it work. Because they, they play hellified defense, believe it or not. I know with D'Antoni squad, right? D'Antoni squad, but they fly around. Now, I noticed that the moment they got in the bubble, they are on the string defensively. Now, I know, like in football, you can tell when the defense has a look, when everyone's super connected and everyone just knows what to do and they trust each other. That's how the Rockets are right now. I think as a football head, especially how how well you, you do with defense, um, football side you would really appreciate that uh, uh what are your impressions on, on that series so far i know you haven't seen the first game but right. uh, how, how much of a chance do you think houston has against the lakers well uh to speak to the defensive point about houston if you go back to uh the the game against okc the play that literally sent them into this matchup with the lakers was a james harden block on the perimeter and James Harden in defense, everybody maligns him for that. But, um, I mean, if James Harden is going to play like that and, um, you know, Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker are going to show up and have more heart than their, their, their assignments on the floor, um, this can be a seven-game series. I think this is pretty much the LeBron team, Lakers team MO is to to – drop game one because obviously there's always a switch or some you may think that you know there's some science behind them trying to understand what houston's doing so they're going to give up that first game to Uh, crack the code man you get caught slipping in this bubble you're gonna end up like the damn milwaukee bucks bron looking at elimination game so um you know i i didn't get a chance to see the game um, I saw the final score is 15 points. I don't know how close the game was, but um, it, it I do was know that. Yeah, cool. So ass whooping. What that what that lets me know is, you know, it's kind of that is rest really good when you're in this bubble and there's limited distractions. There's no travel. Would you rather continue to be in rhythm and play with the momentum that you've pieced together? game after game because right now Houston's in a rhythm and they're feeling like they can conquer any mountain and I don't know man you 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 just you thought coming into this that the Lakers size would be able to frustrate 
the the littles and, and let's just be honest they're not i mean they're little comparatively but these are still six foot five six foot six six foot seven guys out there on the and court they all big like they <laughs> all stout shit so, but no um again Go ahead and break it down for me because I ain't seen it. You're giving me my first hand. I I feel like this is NBA league pass. Go ahead and go ahead and give it to yeah. me. Oh yeah, it's one of my dream shows where I just get to to talk coop. But yeah, talk it's uh, shit. Uh, yeah. So well, one of the one of the things I noticed about the game last night was Harden was he felt so good not to have to deal with Dort, who was basically a lab experiment designed to guard him step for step and still get through screens. I, I James was shook by the middle of game seven. James Harden was about ready to, to pack it in offensively. He, he was about to say, screw it. And well, didn't he, something anyways, else out. he didn't have a great offensive game, game seven. No, he, no, nah, he was terrific. He was terrific. <laughs> like they, they were very fortunate that their defense bailed them out, which I can't believe I'm saying about the Antony team. But their defense absolutely bailed them out because James gave them nothing. Russ gave them very little in the fourth quarter. And just going from Lou Dort, who was like basically his life's mission was to make James Harden a miserable to a merely very good defender in Danny Green was just night and day. James had his uh he, he had a step back, like he can just shed Danny Green and get to the rim at will. Uh, the Lakers are a little lack, um, lackadaisical for whatever reason because it's the, the second round. Like, I don't know why they decided not to play so hard, but their rotations were off. Uh, they, were, they weren't nearly as sharp defensively with the rotations, and Houston is just on it every single rotation. They're, they're forcing Brown to the shots that they want because uh, it's very hard to move P.J. Tucker. Uh, even when Brow is on Harden, it's very hard to move Harden in the post. So, like, yeah, Brow, you can get your, your your jumpers off single coverage, but nobody's cutting. LeBron's just sitting there following his nails, watching you do work. And uh, I do have the Lakers in six, by the way, but that's a LeBron series. That That's uh, Le- LeBron has to go into God mode. Uh, Anthony Davis already said that he's going to play center. Because the the two big man lineup was a disaster, spacing wise for the Lakers. They they need to get as many shoes out on the floor as possible to even compete offensively. And again, it's just gonna be up to LeBron. Like this is a this is a LeBron series, and you know, like as we've seen for the past fifteen years, sixteen years, or whatever. I feel like I can trust LeBron to carry that out whenever it's a, a close, tense game six, game seven. And that's something I still haven't seen from Harden somehow. <laughs> so like that's that's the major reason that I'm I'm taking the Lakers still. But it's looking like a matchup nightmare for him. That is not going to be an easy series by any means. Uh, there are people saying that oh they did this with Portland. No, uh, this is a stylistic quagmire for them and. They they are going to have their hands full. LeBron's going to spend a lot more energy a lot earlier than uh, he he probably prefers to at, at his advanced age. So uh, that's going to be a really interesting series to watch. Uh, uh, we'll go into the the um, other east other Eastern Conference series. Uh, the uh, Toronto and Boston. Uh, <laughs> Toronto <laughs> got very fortunate. Uh, thank you, OG, for making this a competitive series. I think Toronto has new life now, but Boston has 
very much looked like the better team. Uh, have you seen anything from this series? Uh, do you have any impressions on how anyone's been playing? Nope. Nope. Uh, I will I will harken back to maybe like two or three episodes ago where I, I said I thought Boston would be the Eastern Conference representative in the championship. And uh, I'm feeling a lot more confident about that pick as the uh, Milwaukee Bucks slither into offseason. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, listen, when I say I haven't watched shit, I didn't watch <laughs> God damn it. You want to ask me about Saguaro High School football in uh, Scottsdale, yeah, Arizona? I'll tell you uh, all about that. But Boston Celtics, and listen, I don't even know who the Clippers are playing. Who are they playing? I don't know. The Denver Nuggets, <laughs> sir. Oh, right. They are, but, Continue but with yeah. your, uh, your, uh, My analysis. your monologue, please. I'm enjoying okay, this that, quite. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, Boston just looks better. Uh, it's a coaching draw. Nick Nurse is throwing everything but the kitchen sink. But uh, I mean, the like Van Fleet and Lowry, and they have Jalen Brown and Tatum, and it's it's really hard to to do stuff when you're you're six feet tall against such tall defenders. And Siakam is in a straight jacket. Uh, what one of the one of the most fun things I've gotten I've gotten to experience in real time is a bunch of Raptors fans who uh, they they saw Kawhi go to the Clippers uh, after the ring obviously and they they saw how torrid they were in the regular season and you know who needs Kawhi who cares about Kawhi and Kawhi wasn't part of the team like that anyway and come playoff time it's hard to win when you don't have Kawhi it's it's much it's much more difficult to win. We don't have Kawhi, and Toronto's find that out the hard way because you you can't just plug in just anybody. They're they're only about two or three. Okay, not two or three, but a handful of players in the league who can really get their shot off during the playoffs. And as Toronto's finding out the very hard way, Siakam is not one of them. Uh, not to say that that Siakam has been totally ineffective out there. Like he's been playing hard as hell. Like he's he's still playing great defense. Uh, he's he's harassed Tatum into a a pretty bad shooting series um, in his own right. But I mean, shot clock down at five. All the cute shit doesn't work. And the Siakam and Jalen Brown, the Siakam and Tatum. Siakam's losing those matchups over and over and over again. So you have to rely on six foot Kyle Lowry and six foot um, Fred Van Fleet to do stuff. And ask Chris Paul how that works over the course of time. Like it sucks. <laughs> it's really, it's really difficult to do. So uh, it's it's not like the Bucks where Nurse isn't making adjustments. Uh, Nurse is actually a very good coach. He's uh, be played Kyle Lowry like forty six minutes. <laughs> The other night because he, he doesn't play that shit about resting the playoffs and you know like it looks like the Celtics is just a little bit better and a lot of that coincides with not having someone like Kawhi and you no know, Boston has has a couple of closes Boston has has Kemba who can get a shot off against most people and they, he has Tatum who on paper should be able to do it although I haven't seen it yet but uh People keep saying this coming, and I trust it because I think Tim's a stud. But uh, it hasn't really happened this series. Uh, hey, buddy, uh, what's up? Hold hold on one second. What's up, buddy? What? 
You see what I say about adulting? Adulting has been oh, whooping our ass all week oh, long. There me. he is. That's Dago. Hey, buddy. Say hi. Say hi to everybody. Look at the camera. Say hi. Oh. Say what's up to Pat. All right. What? Do you know you watched about as much sports this week as I did? <laughs> oh, he's probably watched more. I, I, I make him stay up. <laughs> he's a Boston fan, apparently. Like he, he organically turned to a Boston fan after after the OG shot. He started beating me up, and he was like, "Turn the TV off. I don't want I don't want to see the green team lose. Turn it off. Turn it off." <laughs> so yeah, he's a he's a Celtics fan for whatever reason. But uh, that's still a very entertaining series. I don't think he's gotten the ratings, but I, I feel like it's a a well coached, well played series. Like, and for people who want to be smarter at basketball, that's really the series to watch more than any of them. Any any other of them. Um, Tatum isn't a household name quite yet, and you no know, Toronto is always going to be slept on. So people haven't really tuned into the series, but it's been very good basketball. It's a series that I've enjoyed very much just from a, a purely tactician, tactician standpoint. Uh, and that will bring us to our last series, which is looking like the the second least competitive, the Clippers and the Nuggets, who uh, the Nuggets who came off one of the funniest Game 7s I've ever seen against Utah. Uh, you, you remember those old school um, games in, in the 90s where the score was like, 80 to 79. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw the score. I was like, 88 points? Is it, is it the end of the third quarter? Or No, that was the final. And I was like, who the hell is playing for Denver right now? <laughs> Who's playing for Utah? Is John Stockton out there? Uh, look, man. It, I, I West Unfilled? So Unsales? <laughs> It's Mark eating this shit, <laughs> but but yeah, like I actually enjoyed that game immensely because when people are shooting that poorly and playing that that awfully, you know, it's because everyone thinks it's hella important and everyone just has a nervous energy, and you can feel it through the screen and then need the crowd. It, it was. I really I have a, a weakness for really tense, ugly game sevens like that, unless my team is playing. In, in which case, like keep it away from me because I'm going to drink and that like that those suck. But when there's two teams that I don't particularly care about, I I'm all for it because all I get to do is laugh. <laughs> all I get to do is laugh. And uh, after a couple of flamethrowers all series and uh, a bunch of media coverage about how Jamal Murray is the leader of the Nuggets and they, they have a have an all-NBA player on their hands and everything else. Uh, he falls back to earth and who's there to catch him but my chubby Serbian friend, Jokic. He was, you know, like, Jamal ain't have it. They doubled him. I think he hurt his leg early in the game and he never really got going. Like they were trapping him. Like they did everything to to get the ball out of Murray's hands in game seven. And Joker is like, it's okay, friend. Get get on my back. I'll carry us home one more time. Like it, and you know, he took him home. Uh Gobert was very impressive actually in, in that second half. Uh he he was all over the place popping up. He did not want to lose. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, who I, I want to leave. Utah very badly because a lot of the fans are racist, but it's probably not going to happen. Uh, he he was uh, 
he wasn't great that game either, but he was wonderful all series. Like it was a very, it was probably the most entertaining series of the bunch. But it doesn't look like this Clippers series is going to be nearly as entertaining. Uh, the Clippers are better. Uh, the, the Clippers are flat out better. Uh, they have no one to guard Kawhi. Um, the Clippers have a lot of people to guard Murray. Uh, Zubox, the the league's best kept, best kept uh, defensive secret, is kind of keeping Jokic from getting out of control. So it's basically going to be up to the others, the the Millsaps and the Monte Morrises and the Jeremy Grants and uh, all those guys to to get um, Denver over the top. And I don't think that's going to happen four times. I actually don't think it's going to happen two times of a seven-game series. So um, what have what your impression about the, the Clippers? Uh, can you do a, a little recap on, on the previous series with Dallas or any other series that you watched with um, with Denver and Utah? Um, what I will say about um, the Clippers is Dallas, if the Clippers go on to win the entire thing, the Clippers should go back and shake Dallas's hands because Dallas prepped them and got their minds right for the rest of the playoffs, right? There was a, a, there was a little point where you thought the Clippers were kind of sleepy and things weren't flowing well for them, and then they pulled out that Dallas series, and um, they created Luka the monster, and I don't think he's ever going to cool off after that. So after no. defeating him and getting their minds right off of that, I think that's pretty much prep them to demolish the nuggets um yeah i'm trying to think if i have any more acute analysis to add and i really don't um just say Kawhi a couple of times it'll work just say yo Kawhi's crazy and and yeah Kawhi, Kawhi's <laughs> uh, yeah he's got game. and um obviously Everyone is anticipating the L.A. showdown, which isn't nearly as eventful in the bubble as it would have been with them being in the Staples Center with fans. But um, nonetheless, I think that um, you, you you pretty much have the Clippers getting a nice little buy. I think that the L.A. series, I can't say L.A. series, I think the Lakers are going to maybe play two more games than the Clippers will the second round. So the Clippers will be waiting on the Lakers to, to show up in the conference finals. And uh, yeah, thank you, Dallas. The, the Clippers got their mind right. They're, they're exercising their demons on the nuggets. And, um, you know, we won't get any more live IG live mishaps from Murray after this series. So, yeah, um, poor Jamal. He he's he's gonna be in hell all series, man. He's yeah, cause Ka- Kawhi's done. Ka- Kawhi's done fucking around. He, he got the first round out the way, and he's he's locked in. He wants the title. And uh, normally, what Kawhi says goes. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> all right. So that, that's enough of our NBA stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll go into. Uh, the NFL season starting, where I won't talk at all because uh, th- this is all past domain. So, so go for it, man. Anything you got, I'll just shut up and listen. Via question, I'll just ask it. No, you know, um, unfortunately, this year we don't have the insight as to what teams look like. Usually, at this point in time, we're we're playing the fourth preseason game 
And we've been able to see the starters last week play in their dress rehearsal, the the third preseason game. We don't have that. So obviously, the only thing we can go off of are practice clips and practice. I mean, what are we talking about? We don't know what any of these teams look like. Um, I read a report yesterday that the, the team that I no longer support in Carolina had a terrible, horrendous uh, walk through practice to, to the point where the coach was like, we look like shit. Um, so we're all just going to be equally surprised. Obviously, the, the dominating storyline over this elongated offseason has been the the Buccaneers just adding piece after piece after piece after piece. I mean, you have skeletons of Hall of Fame players coming out of retirement to play with Tom Brady in Tampa. And they just added Leonard Fournette <laughs> this week. And you're kind of like, well, shit, is Tom Brady even going to have to throw the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski and the other 26 foot five plus tight ends they have on the roster? And um, I mean, this should be an interesting season because there's a lot of question marks. Obviously, all we have to go off of are the storylines. Um, and and this is where coaching comes into play. So for me, the teams that aren't going to suffer at all because their coaching staff is solidified, obviously, the Patriots. And that's not even because Cam Newton's there. It's because Bill Belichick's so sturdy with with his program and the way he runs operations up there. Um, the second one is is Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Um he took a team that had no business winning eight games and went eight and eight with a bunch of scrubs and half of his team injured. They're back this year and uh, essentially at full force. Um, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are going to be strong and sturdy. Um, just based off coaching staff, obviously you have to put Andy Reid and the Chiefs in there. Um, Pat Mahomes is fucking uh, a football miracle. He he just does things that shouldn't be done on the foot. You remember how everyone used to fawn over Aaron Rodgers and was like, Aaron Rodgers just does everything and 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 yeah. he's so perfect and immaculate, even though he's he's hasn't had quite success in the playoffs that Patrick Mahomes has already had in his career. Um Pat Mahomes is 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 ridiculous. If if you whenever you create a player on Madden and you give him all the attributes and you create him and he's 99 everywhere, it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, obviously, I am hoping for the Ravens to have a great season because I want people to respect Lamar Jackson and not think he's a one-hit wonder. Um, I'm purposely not mentioning Cam at all because I think people know how I feel about him. Um I'm interested to see what Dak looks like in Dallas. I mean, he essentially has everything he needs. Um, even with everything that Tom Brady has in, in Tampa, on paper, Dallas should have one of the better offenses, a better offense than I think what the Bucks even have in Tampa. I think Dallas will have one of the better offenses in the league. Um but yeah, man, we're we're just all this is real life fantasy football right now because we don't know what the hell is going on. We haven't seen anything. There hasn't been any 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 squirmishes and training camps that we've been privy to. Uh, 
Did they do Hard Knocks this year? They did do a Hard Knocks. Um, I actually have to go look at that uh, on the Fire Stick. Um, I forget who was on it. I want to say it's the L.A. teams. What well, L.A. teams are on there this year, but don't quote me on that. Again, I haven't watched a ton of sports. They haven't given us a lot to work with either because, I mean, <laughs> coronavirus is still a real thing out here, and, and, and we're trying to do our best to make sports happen. Um, Kaepernick's not back in the league, and the talks around that is quieted down. So, you know, I wish that that would be something that could happen um, just for the sake of things coming full circle. Um, if we're if we're all going to jump on the social justice train and and act like we've all been here for the last five years and at least bring the man who who sacrificed everything to make it a current event. Um, other than that, man, the only last piece of information I want to give folks is that the the Carolina Panthers will more than likely be two and fourteen, three and thirteen tops this year. Um, <laughs> do with that information as you will. Uh, gambling tips, anywho. Uh, so uh, the last thing we want to talk about was this lady's name. I'll let you lead this one because I just want to laugh. I already forgot the the human's name that we're going to talk about, but. <laughs> So we have um, Jessica Cruz, who is basically Kim Kardashian. I mean, Rachel Dolezal, a white woman who has taken on black identity and pretty much crafted her life around that. You want to know the first thing that came to my mind about this story? Her name is Jessica Cruz. She was a, a professor or a educator of higher learning at uh, George Washington University in D.C. Um, you remember way back in the early 2000s, we're all in South Carolina, you know, we're all listening to the music of the times and Cameron and the diplomats come out Yeah, and everyone jumps on the wave. Everyone loves Cameron. Everyone loves the diplomats. And as soon as that happens, everyone and their cousin, you know, is from New York. They're from Harlem. They're this, they're that. That's basically what being black is at this point, right? It's the wave, <laughs> it's the trend. People want to people be black, and I'm not mad at them. But in the uh, the, the great words of, of, fuck, I don't even know who said it, but it's from Friday. You ain't got to lie to kick it, Craig. You got to lie. Basically, she's, she's a, a professor of African-American studies. She um, she took that role a little too seriously, essentially crafted her entire life around being a black woman. Based on reports that I've read, she didn't even attend her own mother's funeral for fear of being found out because, oh boy, if we go bury mom and they find out she's white, there's going to be questions about my blackness. Um, it's the well, really got situation. To it. I, I'm not I don't know if I should be upset at her. Uh I don't know what to really think of this. Um she could have most certainly been as impactful teaching African American studies being a white woman than it than instead perpetrating being a black woman. Um I don't know. I wonder if she pretended on that. I wonder what her driver's license said when she got pulled over. Was she also then black as well, or did she like no, oh, no? I'm I'm white officer. Treat me with yeah. Me. Hello. How, yeah. how does that? I don't know. I just 
I don't know. Like the, the funniest thing that I heard was that she wasn't just acting black, but she was acting black and Puerto Rican. Like she was a, a, a black Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx. So you got to fake two different cultures at the same time, depending on who is who. And the moment that you get called down on something, you got to have a story like it. Such a, a great lie. Like she catches up for twenty years. I, I can't do nothing but admire that level of dishonesty over the course of that many years. Like you talk about commitment to the bit, and I don't want to lighten it too much because I know a, a lot of black women in particular are, are upset because it's you know like you get the rewards without any of the penalties of, of being black and any other or whatever else that black women have to go through. But you just got to admire just the, the commitment to, to being something that you aren't. Like, a, a part of me is just like, wow, like, she really pulled this off for 20 years. Like, can you imagine what she could have done with, with that type of talent and commitment instead of being black? She could have, she like, carried cancer. Talk about you know, her origins, right? Her yeah. origins. She is a white... Jewish woman from Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> KC, that's my place to come, ain't it? She is as white as they come. <laughs> oh man, it's like I know black women are genuinely upset because they 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 hate when I mean I hate when people fake the funk too, but. Give the black women she came up around a lot of credit because they had a huge influence on her life for her to not only shed her white Jewish skin from the Midwest, but she became a black woman and no one questioned it for 20 years. So whoever the black women were that were around Jessica Cruz, hats off to you women. You are strong black women. You have molded a fine young African queen, uh, a Jessica Cruz who was able to to uh, reap the benefits of blackness that many black people don't get to reap in America. And for her part, Jessica Krug is now being treated just like African-Americans in this country. Um, I hope that that sticks with her and she understands, uh, I don't know, is that even really blackface? Is it? Uh, it's, it's like an elaborate costume because blackface is just uh like a one-time thing or like you're trying to shock people or whatever else like this is this was real commitment to being black like, i am no longer white like you know how people identify as male or female or non-binary and all that good stuff like she identified as a black puerto rican woman from the frogs yeah and she was putting that on think of was she an affirmative action hired by George Washington University? We need to figure that out because if, I think that's where the scandal really comes in because she legitimately took a position, opportunity from other potentially qualified black Puerto Rican minority women that could have held that position except that she took it because she was black. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's she saying, nigga? This has, has anyone has anyone examined that to any to any degree? Like, was she like around the girls and 
at the bars, like, yeah, like I hate that nigga over there too, or whatever else, and <laughs> like, 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 really, like, really getting after it, or, or was she just like do, doing the super educated, uh, you know, scholarly talk that that some women do? Like, I like there's a lot, there's still a lot to unwind here, and I, I'll see how how this story develops in the coming weeks. Although I feel like she's going to get her 15 minutes and we'll move on to the the next atrocity that will surely occur in this country, whether it's a, a school shooting with social distancing or uh, someone else getting smoked by police or, I don't know, like our president uh, instituting a, another textbook fascism strategy. I don't know. Like, so I'm sure it will be... It, it'll be um, It'll be something water under the bridge, and she'll be able to live in a life in relative anonymity in no time. So uh, j- just hold on, sister. Just hold on. She's got Back the blueprint. What, what's happened with Rachel Dolezal? Is, like, is she on the streets begging for change? I mean, oh, I, I she believe she's living a successful life thus far, right? I mean, yeah, she's okay. Yeah, and I'm sure the same thing will happen to her. Like, you know, just a little bit of a public embarrassment. People will move on to another thing that makes them laugh or upset. Jessica. You know, life will go on. Shake that shit off, nigga. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) nigga. (laughs) You tough, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez, man. I got... You think a dude can get away with it? I guess the closest thing is Sean King, who who has very much gotten away with, with not being black, but he he's basically leashed off of black trauma for the past God knows how, probably since uh, 2014 when the um, black people getting smoked by cops was caught on tape and being like circulated to people's shock. Uh, I, I think Sean King is the closest thing who's like successfully really actively doing it like i have close friends who actively retweet sean king and amplify and now i don't even have the heart to tell them it's just like all right man sure like but he's a fraud <laughs> sean king is a, a real fraud uh he would be the exact equivalent you're 100 right he is the equivalent of that and somehow he has not been castigated like Jessica not, or not Rachel totally. Dolezal. Like he, he, he's had days. Like he, he's had he's had a couple of really rough days on social media. But, but he keeps oh, coming back. Yeah. Oh no, he's fine. Like he's 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 consolidated quite the base who are going to ride with him no matter what. And again, a lot of them include my friends who who are otherwise uh, discerning, intelligent human beings, which is a little bit concerning in and of itself. But. Uh, I guess it is what it is, you know? Just, black people are the most forgiving people in the yeah. history of the world. So, I mean, we'll, we will open Jessica back with open arms in about six months. Yeah, that'll be fine. Well, she'll get on a couple of shows. Like, she'll she'll cry. Oprah will bring so, her out. Yeah, you know. Make her so. feel bad in front of America. She'll turn yeah. sympathetic <laughs> figure. Everyone in the crowd gets a new car. Jessica's, yeah. Jessica's forgiven. Yeah, that's what it is, and, and she'll move on to something lucrative somewhere, and and she'll be able to do it w- without um, a bunch of this fame. So it's, yeah, she'll be alright. I'm not really. That's what it is. So, oh yeah, do you got anything else before we roll out, man? I'm gonna try to watch the rest of this uh, this Celtics Toronto game. It looks like 
the Raptors are up two, uh, about to go into halftime, three minutes left. Looks like another close to entertaining game, and I am looking very much looking forward to watching it. Uh, you got anything else going, buddy? Um, you know, college, college football kicked off this week. Um, oh, so I've been games. watching a couple, you know, free labor football games. Um, yeah, just super excited about that. couple more kicking off today. Uh, we'll check those out. And we got one more Sunday of NFL-less football, and then we're back to action. Um, can't wait. Excited. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I still wager on football, but I just do it with math. I I do it without watching it. Like it, it's it's some funny shit. So like I I do peep at scores. I, I make sure that the team I wager on wins. I guess, but I I, I don't watch. But now, uh, anywho, I, uh, three months into uh what three and a half months into making this podcast, I, I should probably say that I I do have a book. I have two. I have two children's books that that have been on Amazon for quite some time. Uh, the most recent one. Uh, Diego and the Magic Box uh, is basically for around like four to five year olds. Like basically beginning reading, uh, beginning readers. It's about my son. Uh, he finds the Magic Box. Uh, it's really cool, uh, very well illustrated, and it's on Amazon. So uh, I know a lot of you guys got have kids. Our demographic is is uh, fairly old for social media age. So I know you guys got kids running around. Give them a nice little back to school gift. It's really good reading. I'm sure they enjoy it. Uh, it can be quite interactive. So, so yeah, um, pick up a copy for your boy. Uh, keep my lights on. Be very nice of you. So, oh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, Brad, uh, well, Brad is um, probably around, but uh, he probably won't say goodbye. But um, thank you for him. Uh, sorry um, Kevin wasn't here. I don't know where the hell he's at, but we miss him. Uh, we miss his insights. He was supposed to be here, but it is what it is. And uh, that will be it for us. Uh, for Pat, I'm Sean Gregoire. This has been another episode of Shooting the Shit, and we are out. <laughs>